Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout out to Red Circle. Thank you for putting a little change in my pocket. Uh, Noble's Networking for the free internet. Um, guys, if y'all don't uh, have rural internet, hit up Chris Noble's here in Cochran, Georgia. Uh, he will take care of you. Um, and everybody else, all the rest of the sponsors on the show. I don't know all of y'all name by name, but you guys all take care of me, and I very much appreciate it. Today, I have uh, someone who's got the best hair by far that we've had on the show so far. I'm so <laughs> envious of this person because I have wanted dreads my entire life, and I'm a bald man. I have been bald since 16 years old, and uh, I'm very envious. Miss Jessie Lawless, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you doing, my guy? I am so much better now that I got the, who's going to end up being the best wingman ever uh, when I get you up here and everybody else in a little in a couple months. Um, oh, I can't wait. Uh, so right before um, we started, we were talking, just kind of bullshitting and everything. And uh, conservative Barbie, big shout out to her for hooking the two of us up to do this. Uh, Barbie's done her episode, her and Aunt, but they're going to be back real soon. Uh, she was bragging about you. And then when I was asking other people like, hey, I'm scheduling out my stuff for this month. Your name got brought up two or three times, and uh, this will be the second convo we get to have, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, so, Miss Lawless, uh, thank you for coming, and uh, let's just dive on into this. We started off talking about how we was poor kids growing up, and you said that was one of the important things that you wanted to get out there to people is, is pretty much not how you start, it's how you end. And uh, I'm going to give you the floor and uh, see what comes out. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that's probably one of the most defining things about my personality and what makes me function the way I do. Because, you know, when you come from absolutely nothing, it helps you develop a stronger appreciation for the little things. So when the big things start to come, then you can really embrace those. But, you know, when you don't have nothing at all and then you have shit, it's... It gives it gives you more reason to want to hold on to it and act right. That's right. Uh, where are you from, originally? Um, I grew up in a tiny little town in Alabama called Sipsy. Sipsy. Uh, I, I think the last time I looked at the census report to check the population, uh, it was four hundred and thirty-six. That's smaller than most people's graduating class. So. When you want to talk about everybody knowing everybody, everybody knew everybody. Oh, well, I've already had to rag on you because you got an Alabama hoodie on. They just can't see it. But uh, what, what, did you, <laughs> what did you say a while ago about being a big winning American machine? Oh, you know, I just wake up in the morning and piss excellence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I hate Alabama but, uh, fans. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Alabama is pretty much the Patriots of college football. So yeah. I grew up with a with an Alabama pacifier in my mouth, you know. My mom was a preacher, and I couldn't ever talk to her about nothing. But on Saturdays when the football game came on, that was my chance to connect with my mom because it was the only time she wasn't shoving Jesus down my throat. Um, and uh, Jesus didn't play football. You know, she'd pray. She'd do a little praying, you know, if the game got tight. But. It was the one time that I was actually able to connect with my mother without her talking about Jesus. So that's I think that's what made football so special to me. And growing up in Alabama, there's not there's another team. I don't think there is. There's no other teams in Alabama. 
I think I heard of something called Auburn one time, but I don't know who she is. Oh my God, I hate you. Dustin Heron is a <laughs> Dustin Heron is one of my musician buddies that is uh just left last week. He's been here for like a week and a half. And uh, he's a big uh, Auburn guy. And then I grew up with a family that uh, were alum of Auburn. So we used to go to Jordan Hare like every Saturday. And uh, the first game I ever saw, though, was an Iron Bowl uh, in Auburn. Oh, wow. And Alabama beat the hell out of Auburn. <laughs> and I knew right then that I was probably going to catch shit from Alabama fans the rest of my life. So... Um, Listen, that kick six will live in the hearts of Auburn fans forever and ever and ever. And it is something that Alabama fans, if you saw it, you will never unsee it. You will see it in your dreams, in your nightmares. You'll see it on game day when you close your eyes. It will always be a lingering terror in the hearts <laughs> of Alabama fans. The, the first play I ever saw was literally a, uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown by Alabama. I think it was probably <laughs> 01 or 02 first play of the game. Oh my God. I, ugh. but luckily I didn't end up being an Auburn fan. So I don't hate you because of that. I hate, I hate y'all because you made Tebow cry. And, uh, y'all, oh, y'all also God. made a lot of other quarterbacks cry, but we, we won't get into that. This is the lawless story, not me giving Alabama shit. Um, uh, right. But anyway, so growing up poor in Alabama, uh, in a, a Christian household and everything, um, you know, kind of give us a little more detail about what was the next step, and you know, you you ended up going into the service, right? But uh, let's uh, let's I guess high school and everything. What made you want to go and be a patriot? Oh man, um, I when I was a little kid, I I had this fantasy of being a superhero. I really thought that one day I was going to have superpowers. I just thought that I hadn't got them yet. I mean, I'd wake up in the morning and you know, try to reach across the room and use my superpowers to blow something up with my hand. Never worked. I couldn't fly. Never the Superpowers never kicked in, but I figured the, the best way to try to be somebody's hero was to, uh, to enlist in the military, you know, try to do something good for your country, try to be part of something, uh, be a patriot, you know, um, show that love of country. So that, that was my goal. And uh, I, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know this. I haven't really discussed my military career on TikTok or, Otherwise, uh, people have asked me how long I was in, and, you know, I answer the questions and keep moving, but um, I broke my hip uh, in training. I broke my hip, and I, well, I started out with stress fractures and basic, and I never would go to sick call, and uh, they let me. I graduated because I, you know, I pushed through it, and then I, I healed up a little bit between basic and AIT, made me feel a little bit better, and then in AIT, I, um, this is a pr- pretty funny story, I was on a run, and, and my drill sergeant, we were in full battle rattle. Uh, my drill sergeant said, hey, Lawless, what's wrong with you? Because I'm usually at the front of the pack. And she said, "She said, what's wrong with you, soldier? I said, I'm fine. She said, you're limping. You need to go to sick call. I said, no, no, drill sergeant. I don't need to go to sick call. I've got a PT test in the morning. It's my phase five. This is where you get to drink. This is where you get to wear civilian clothes. This is where they finally let you off base, and you get to be something other than a soldier for the first time in months. And uh, she laughed at me and said there was no way that I'd be able to finish my two mile. But I ran a two mile and 17 flat on the broke hip because she sent me to sit call next and said they said I was about to shatter like a vase. Oh, shit. Yeah, so um, I was on profile the last part of my AIT 
And then she, they took me off because I was supposed to go airborne and air assault straight out of AIT. And they were like, you can't jump out of a plane. They kept x-raying me and thinking that I was going to heal up. And I just didn't. So they took me off the profile so I could get to Fort Hood. And I ended up at Fort Hood for about a year. Um, I was supposed to deploy the second, about second or third month that I was there. Um, all of my equipment went over to Iraq. And I was getting ready to take off. And I thought I was all healed up. I thought everything was good. I thought I was going to make it. And about a week before deployment, my uh, first sergeant came to me and said that I needed to go down and get x-rays. And when the uh, x-rays came back, they said I couldn't deploy. And then I started drinking quite a bit. And uh, I might have showed up for Mason drunk. And uh, my then we were going to run two miles that morning. We ended up running six because Lawless was hammered. <laughs> the whole platoon loved me for that and then uh my my sergeant told me that um if i ever showed up formation again she's gonna take me down to the mp station i was like you know we wouldn't have this problem if i was in iraq right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh as a couple weeks later uh, i went and got another x-ray and they were like no you might need surgery and so I showed up to Formation Drunk again, not on purpose. Now, I had I was out at the bars real late the night before, uh, just drinking my sorrows away. And I just happened to be drunk when I woke up to Formation in the morning because I'd only been asleep about an hour and a half. But uh, she did, in fact, take me down to the to the MP station, and, and I got court-martialed, and I spent about 30 days in military jail for that. But um, I got out with honorable discharge and, and they, they recommended that I get my shit together and, you know, reenlist. And I, I was just fed up with it at that point. I didn't join the military to clean up, you know, uh, grease spots off the motor pool floor, clean out cigarette butts from the flower gardens. I wanted to go use the training that I had gotten and I didn't get to do that. So that's a sad story for me, but, um, I'm happy with my life the way it is now. Uh, my unit did get mortared immediately as they arrived in uh, Taji. And one of the mortars came straight into an empty room. I'm not saying that was my room. I'm just saying me and three other soldiers didn't go, and there was only two empty rooms. So maybe it was a sign well, from uh, God or something. Well, I'm telling you, dude, uh, you know, you did more than what 99% of people do. You wanted to do it. You uh you gave it your all. Your body didn't hold up. You can't hold that against you. And uh, I'm telling you, so there's so many people that want to talk that talk about, hey, I want to enlist and all this stuff. I was one of them. See, I'm one of those that didn't have the guts to do it. I wanted to, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go play baseball in college. Or, uh, no, I'm going to do this. And uh, I just didn't know what it was like to love this country and everything when I was younger the way that I do now. And you did at 18 years old. And that is a testament to you. I was, uh, I, boy, when I was a teenager, I was strung out. I was, I would have eaten a cat turd if you told me it would get me high. <laughs> and, um, I was actually in a in a trailer when I turned when I was seventeen years old. I was in a trailer in a trailer park in Alabama, doing drugs. And uh, the next morning, I woke up hungover because I'd been doing drugs all night long. And that, I was looking at the television, and I looked at my buddy. I said, what movie is this? He said, this ain't the movie. This is the news. A plane just flew into the towers. And I said, holy shit. Now, I'd ran away from home, and I'd been gone about a month and a half, and my mom was freaking out. She got, I knew she was trying to get a hold of me, and I just stayed away. I mean, when I ran away from home, I didn't go to my buddy's house. I went three counties over to somebody she had never heard of's house. So um, I called her that morning. I said, if you take me down to the recruiter station, I'll tell you where I'm at. 
She said, you're crazy. Do you know what just happened? I said, that's why I want you to take me down there. And I finally got my mom to promise to take me to the recruiter station after telling me no 15 times. I was like, then you don't want to know where I'm at. She said, all right, I promise I'll take you to the recruiter station. I went down there, took the ASFAB, uh, or the uh, practice ASFAB, and the uh, recruiter came out and said, yeah, you got you got some good things going here. You can do pretty much anything you want to do. Uh, Miss Lawless, I need you to sign these papers so that we can formally recruit your daughter. She said, I promise to take you to the recruiting station. I never promised to sign any papers. So I had to wait a little while before I actually got to enlist because she tricked me on that one. But <laughs> I was ready to go the day the powers got hit. That's cool. I mean, that's, I, I was a little too young. I was, I want to say seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade when the towers got hit. And, oh, man, it, I remember it changing me. But I, I, I guess with you being just a, having a couple years on me, I, I think that motivated a lot just of a people. Couple. Just, just a couple. Just a couple, not many. Um, but no, uh, I commend you. I mean, that's there's so many people that talk that talk, dude. And that, that's one thing that pisses me off about a lot of things I see on TikTok. I have been very selective of who I've wanted to come do this show uh, because of what it means. I got fired in September of last year for standing up on country radio. Had the number one show in the state of Georgia. And I stood up and told Antifa to kiss my ass. I stood up for our military, our police officers, uh, for Trumpy Trump, and uh, I got fired for it. So I don't like fake-ass patriots or fake-ass people coming and doing this show for clout or whatever because uh, with it being ranked as high as it is on iTunes and everything, or on Spotify and all that shit and iHeartRadio, I want it to be a platform for people to get their positive message out and help others and you know, push them in the right way. And I've had four or five people that have wanted to do the show that you talk to them for 10 minutes and you realize how full of shit they are. And everything that they post on social media is so they can get a like. And they don't, they don't know why, whatever. See, like, I was kind of worried about that with, uh, with uh, when I first started doing this. And then Barbie and Anthony did a show with me at the same time. And we were talking about why they wanted to why they're patriots, why they love this country. And both of them, just like you, had an amazing story that everything adds up. Everything adds up to where these people are not full of shit. And uh, I just, I very much appreciate you when you got put into that situation. The first thing you thought about was serving your country. And uh, I hate that it didn't work out better for you, but at the same time, I believe in uh, God's will. If those mortars went off, in those empty rooms, then he's got a bigger plan for you, and uh, maybe you're doing it right now. Maybe I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think you're right. I'm. I was very bitter with the military and my situation and how everything played out for a very long time. When I got out, you know, I didn't, I didn't go down to the VA and try to get any benefits or nothing like that. I stayed away. I haven't been. God, I haven't been to the VA since I got out of the military. It wouldn't fucking do you much good to go, to be honest with you. That's that's pretty much what, you know, what I've gathered from everybody. And it's just like, what's the fucking point? Like, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it on my own. I remember when I was in hair school, a girl that enlisted at the same time I did, she said, you know, we have, like, major benefits that we can access that they'll pay us over $1,000 a month simply because we enlisted 
on the dates that we enlisted on because it's like nobody was enlisting. Nobody wanted to enlist because we were going to war. So uh, I, I, you know, I thought about it. I was like, I ain't worried about that. I was like, I'm making my own money. I don't need, I don't need the government's money. I can, I can do this on my own. I'm, I feel a lot better about my paycheck and my bank account when I know that I made that happen. Oh, you're a badass. <laughs> Same thing. I cannot. I am not. I am so against governments. The government, regardless of what it is, giving people money, and whether it's it, only. Only people that I think deserve to get money in this country are disabled veterans. And that's right. And, and I was going to say nothing against our disabled veterans. Yeah. Like they earn that money, but I don't feel like I, my body. Yeah. My body went through a lot. Yeah. Whatever. But I don't feel like it has affected me to where it stopped me from functioning, per, you know, uh, in functionally in life. I'm still perfectly functional. My knees hurt. My hip hurts. I'll be fine. I'm, you know, like, I'm not just going to whine about it. Oh, my knee hurts. Give me a check. Oh, my hip hurts. Give me a check. If you got your fucking arm blown off, then get your, get your check, boo-boo. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If the military destroyed your spinal cord or something, get your check. You know what I'm saying? But I can still walk and talk just fine. Yeah. Uh, and when you see, this is what pisses me off more than just about anything. When you see people who have served this country that don't ask for that check that are disabled and ha are missing limbs and appendages and everything. And they don't want a fucking government handout, but you got somebody sitting down on the corner having kids just for a welfare check. I'm telling you, our country is so ass backwards that it pisses me off and uh, I'll get, I'll get on a rant on that, but that's not what this show's about today. But your mindset on that, I, I very much appreciate that because that is, uh, that is mine. That is what I would I would feel like if I was in your shoes. Well, I appreciate that, Josh. You're very much welcome, Wallace. Uh, so uh, <laughs> once once we get out, or once you got out of uh, the military, um, what was your next step? What was the next move in Lawless's life? Man, uh, right before I got out, um, I had a buddy come into my barracks and ask me for a haircut. Uh, he goes, uh, hey, Lawless, shave my... I know you got a pair of clippers. You shaved my head. I missed... Uh, the, the barbershop, and I've got an inspection in the morning. This is like Sunday night. I'm like, all right, bud, well, I'll give you a fade. And he <laughs> was like, well, you can give me a fade? I was like, we're going to shave your head anyways. Let's see how it turns out. He's like, all right. So I gave him a fade, um, and, and he looked in the mirror. He goes, damn, Wallace, this is better than the barbershop. I was like, all right, cool. Well, have a nice day. So he came back next week with a, a buddy, and then the week after that, he brought two more buddies. And the week after that, next thing you know, I'm doing haircuts for $5 in the barracks, and uh, I realized that I was pretty handy with a pair of clippers. My, uh, I remember one day my, my second lieutenant knocked on the door. I didn't know who the hell it was, but I got a knock on the door, and I walked to, I went to the door. I opened the door, and he's standing there. I'm like, fuck, here comes an article 15. I got a whole stack of $5 bills on my little nightstand. <laughs> Poor dude. I got a kid sitting in the chair with half of his fucking haircut. And he walks in and goes, oh, so you got a little business going here. And I, as we all know, you're not allowed to make money outside of the military, according to UCMJ, you, unless it's cleared by your command, which, of course, I did not get anything clear. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, here comes an Article 15. And uh, he came up, he, he walked up to the soldier sitting in the chair. He goes, get up, private. Kid stood up. Second lieutenant sat down. He was like, I'm next, but I ain't paying you shit. So I gave him my haircut, and he rolled out, and I didn't get an Article 15, and I decided to be a barber after that. So when I got out, I, uh, I went to hair school. That's cool. And 
yeah, decided to to do the hairs, and uh, then I started getting the, all the tattoos and the dreadlocks. And people people are pretty surprised when they see me now. They're like, "Wow, you don't look like you were in the military." That's the point. <laughs> exactly. I mean. I think that's what most people, you, there's two different folks once they get out of the military is want to be reminded of it every day and the ones that don't ever want to be reminded of it again. And, uh, hell, get all the tattoos you want. Your hair, I can't get over it. If you knew, I've been ruined since like middle school whenever the band uh, P.O.D. came out. And um, yes. Southtown and all that. And the lead singer just moshing and his hair everywhere and dreads. I wanted it so bad, so bad. And there is not an adult male in my family that has fucking hair. There is none. And there's some women in our family that don't have much. And I'm telling you, I knew there was no chance in hell. Uh, so when my hair started going when I was playing football in, mid in high school, I started shaving it all the time, and it's been bald ever since. But just so you know what you have, I'm envious. I always wanted it. it. It makes me sick to look at it. It's so nice. Hey, we, we can hit Barbie up and see if she can help us find a wig for you. I'm good. I, I, <laughs> I'm good. I'm not. I'm not a wig person. I, I, the good Lord wanted me to look this way for a reason, and we'll we'll keep it at that. <laughs> if I, I think you're rocking it, dude. Well, I appreciate it. Well, there's no other choice. It's this or nothing. Well, I will literally. It, it is nothing it. already. Uh. So, what got you all hooked up? Uh, had you already been doing social media stuff before TikTok came along? Or is you kind of getting some notoriety and everything on TikTok and a following something new? Um, that's a that's kind of a tricky question. I, you know, As we all know, I think what Facebook allows you to have up to four or 5,000 5, Something like that. So, I busted that years ago. And uh, I created a, a name for myself in the community um, that I live in. I started doing a lot of charity work. Um, I do free kids haircuts uh, at least twice a year. I try to do uh, free kids haircuts right before school starts and then right around the holidays so that when, you know, pictures are being taken and stuff like that, the kiddos look good. You know, going back to growing up very poor, I went to school with some pretty jacked up haircuts and kids are so mean. If I can take one thing away, one one thing from a bully that he can't, you know, or she can't use to pick on a kid, then I want to do that. So um, that kind of, I don't know, it opened the door for people to want to get to know more about me because I was doing this charity work for kids. And I've been doing it for uh, about five years now. And I was recently on the local news for it. Um, so that grew my social media following on Facebook pretty big. Um, you know, Facebook's a lot different than TikTok. Um, I, I ran contests and asked people to share and like my stuff. So, you know, that, that helped, but, um, but I've never had a following like I have on TikTok. Um, my Instagram's pretty dry. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, you know, anything like that, but, um, I don't know. TikTok just kind of blew up, and I I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, well, you're uh, you're a breath of fresh air on there. I get I get pissy on TikTok a lot. Uh, I just hate most of it, and I, I I'm not against 
Here's my problem with it. Last week, we did a fundraiser for a vet guy. Back in the day, I used to be called Bearded Bastard before I started working in social media, or before I started working uh, in radio. I would do all kind of stupid shit on Snapchat contests and stuff like that. It grew my following real big um, and everything on Snapchat. And then uh, I kind of got sick and tired of that, got offered a job in radio, and everything's just kept going up for me since then. But TikTok is the one place to where I just, I don't understand it. And it pisses me off to the point to where I have a veteran friend that's followed me for years who's disabled that was about to lose his home uh, last week. And he reaches out to me on Monday of last week and is like, hey, look, uh, I'm going to have to leave Louisiana. Um, can you help me with a job? I want to come work for you at the studio and help with stuff and everything. And I was like, dude, I just, I'm doing well, but I'm not where I can hire somebody full time yet. And I damn sure don't want you uprooting your life in Louisiana to come here. I said, but let's raise a little bit of money for you, help you get back on your feet with mortgage and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the first thing that I saw when I went to TikTok was this 18 year old girl shaking her ass and somebody dumping hundred dollar bills on her and then her bragging about how what her bank account looked like from uh, from everything. And it pissed me off so bad. Because I was like, you can't even get people on social media to pay attention to our veterans. But we've got an 18-year-old girl here that probably can't count the fucking 10. But she's got a million dollars in the bank. And uh, I don't understand why TikTok pushes that. But doesn't push the other side. Uh, and it is... It, I, I hate TikTok, but I have to have it because it's grown my business. And uh, I get to meet folks like you and Barbie and Anthony and Bree and everybody. And uh, so I don't get it. But TikTok's, just, TikTok's weird. I don't, I don't understand it yet. I agree. TikTok is weird. It's, it's the simplest, stupidest videos that you put absolutely zero effort into that go absolutely viral. You know, and then... You put an hour and a half into having the perfect lighting, changing your outfit three times, writing out a fucking script, and you it, it plops. You know, yep. it ends up with 10 comments and 100 likes versus, you know, I video respond to a comment of some jackass comment on one of my posts, and I just look at the camera funny and play a song, and it goes over a million views. Like, what in the actual fuck? Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, I don't, but, I don't, uh, I don't know who's behind it. I don't either. I don't. I haven't done uh, really any research at all on TikTok. Who owns TikTok? Um, I didn't want TikTok. I was. I tried to avoid TikTok. My assistant um, talked me into having a TikTok, and I told her I wasn't going to download it. I was like, "You can download it. I will be the subject of your content if that's what you want." But I'm not downloading it. That Chinese shit. Yep. <laughs> and she and she was like, okay, whatever. So she did. And she started making videos of my haircuts. And a few of them went viral. And my following started growing. You know, and it went from like 100 to like 500 to like 700 in like a week. And she was like, hey, like you're kind of taking off a little bit. And I was like, ah, I ain't worried about it. So my Facebook was big. Like, I mean, as big as you can be on Facebook, I guess. But uh, 
I posted a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. It was basically his face photoshopped onto a picture of Hitler in full <laughs> uniform. <laughs> so they deleted my Facebook. They the Facebook that I made, you know, when I got out of basic training, you know, connections that I had on that Facebook that I'll probably never find again. I mean, how many Mario Gonzalez's do you think are on Facebook? There's a bunch. I'm not going to find that guy. But, um, yeah, when they deleted my Facebook, I was like, all right. So I told, I told Sarah to give me the code and give me the thing. And I was going to download the app. So I did and clapped back at somebody talking shit about my dreads. And the next thing you know, I had a hundred K. So here we are. (laughs) I dig it. I said I wasn't going to get it either. Uh, I was like, my daughter is obsessed with this app and I'm a grown man. My daughter's nine. I don't need to be on it if my child is obsessed with it. And then I, <laughs> and then I got on it and uh I like talking shit, dude. Like I am that is one of my favorite things to do in life, if not my most favorite thing to do is to just bullshit with people and have conversations and really just everybody thinks I'm like the biggest people person ever because of my job and the jobs I've recently had. I literally hate everybody. Uh, <laughs> I am not a nice person. The people that I like, I love. I would do anything in this world for. I would go give you the shirt off my back right now. But if I don't like you, I, I just don't want to look at your shit. Uh, I don't, I'm I, the same way. I just, I would rather not. People have asked me, my show being named Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, they're like, how come you haven't talked about politics in the past couple months? And I'm like, look, I am treating Joe Biden like an ex-girlfriend on social media right now. I know she's there, but I'm not fucking looking at what she's doing because it's just gonna hurt my feelings if I see it. And I, I'm, yep, just, I'm just exactly right. I'm leaving it alone. And there's too many people that are still. I got caught up in all the QAnon shit, and like a like oh, a yeah. like a moron, dude. I feel so stupid that I ever believed uh, almost any of it, and. Uh, so I figured that if I was that easy to manipulate off of that stuff, that uh, I needed to take a breath and I needed to go back. I go back to the stuff that I used to believe in, which is small government and uh, and just everything. Like tomorrow, um, uh, I wish you was in Georgia because I'd, I'd take you with me. Um, tomorrow, I am going to speak at a fundraiser for somebody who's running for governor. And uh, I'm one of the keynote speakers there. And... Uh, it's just, it's weird because I want to post stuff about political views and everything on TikTok like y'all do, but I know I'm getting deleted like right off the fucking bat. Like I know <laughs> I am, and I just it, it's really not worth it with all these people that are so far left, just waiting for you to say something and then they're gonna go report it 500 times after you put that time mm-hmm. and effort into it. And I, I just ain't got nothing for it right now. It's, it's disgusting how easy it is for you to get canceled on TikTok. Like, I mean, look at Barbie. She was almost at a million followers. Yeah. And all it took was people getting jealous or um, not agreeing with her perspective. And the next thing you know, she's what, five pages later. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a and book. It might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but a million followers. Like, and she's spreading the message. She's, yeah. she's, 
sending a positive message of being a, a badass, strong female. And you know what? We need more of those. So, so you said you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I tell everybody when they ask me why I'm raising my daughter the way that I do, uh, is because I feel like women already, and this is coming from a fucking Southern man, and it blows a lot of people's minds. I know that there's an injustice when it comes to women in our country. And now they are trying to, even worse than ever, kind of put people in their places. And there needs to be more fucking badasses like you and Barbie and Bree and other people that I've had on the show. To where I want my daughter to be a Viking fucking queen by the time she is 18 years old. And know how to shoot a pistol, how to put a man in his place, and all this stuff. And I, I don't like, I think TikTok really pushes the opposite side of that. And I, I don't, that's that's one of the confusing things. You would think they would want more women empowerment, but instead they would just well, rather see you shaking your ass. It seems to me like when they see a strong woman being a strong woman, they start throwing out words like, you should be a man, or maybe you're trans, or, and that's what's pissing me off, is like, I do support, I don't know if I want to use the word support, but I stand by and love uh, my, you know, friends who have made that decision. Um, it's not affecting me. And um, as long as you're not touching little kids, I don't care what you do sexually. Um, I don't care what you have between your legs. I don't care what you would prefer to have between your legs. I don't care what you want to do or what you don't want to do with your boobs. Um, but it's really disheartening for strong women around the world to see many, many very strong women. I feel like a lot of these girls are almost being bullied into, oh, well, because I have short hair and I have a more masculine look, I'm not being accepted for this. So now I need to be a man. Oh, there's literally, so, there's a book that just came out from a psychologist. And I wish I had it in front of me because I can't remember the name or the, or the doctor's name. There is a huge epidemic that is happening from the age of 12 to 17 right now. And it is where girls and boys both, but it's more in women, uh, that they're being pushed to that trans side. And there are doctors that are go ahead and giving them hormones or whatever to change their body. And by the time they are an adult and they actually know what they want in life, they're fucked the rest of their life because society has I, pushed them. I wanted to, Josh, I wanted to be a boy when I was a little kid. Yeah. I did. I, and let me tell you why, because I grew up with boys. Because I had no female friends in my life. I grew up on a dirt road with a bunch of little boys. And I rode dirt bikes. And I built, I built forts in the woods. And, you know, I rode my BMX bike down strip pits and haulers. And when it was time to come home, I threw it on my shoulder. And I carried it up those same giant hills that I rode down. And I did dude shit. And because of that, a lot of people called me a tomboy and said, Oh, well, you want to be a boy. And if I could have taken the blue pill... At that point, I would have taken it, and yeah. if, you know, I you know what I'm saying when I say yeah, that, right? I know, I know exactly so, what you mean. So if if they would say, "Hey, you want the pink pill or the proverbial blue pill?" I would have chosen the blue pill because I felt like, in order for me to be accepted for liking the things that I liked and enjoying the activities that I enjoyed, um, I needed to be a boy because they didn't accept women liking these things. So I would have. Probably up until the point where I was 14 or 15 years old, 
even I might have decided I wanted to be a boy if that option were available. And thank God it wasn't available because I am so incredible. The one thing that I am proud of more than anything about myself is that I am a woman who is capable of doing more things than most women. I feel like I am at the top of the food chain as far as it goes for females. Like I'm bigger than a lot of them. I'm stronger than a lot of them. I'm faster than a lot of them. So why the hell would I want to go from being essentially, you know, a shark in a pond to a fucking minnow in the ocean? Because I would be a really small dude. Yeah, see, you're so fucking intelligent. There's so many people that don't get what you just said. And they want to they wanna make the world black or white. They don't realize a lot of us live in the gray. There's nothing wrong with a girl when she is growing. I think it actually makes you a more of a badass by the time you get to be an adult. If you were if you were a woman that was raised around men and had a healthy relationship with all them and the boys that you're around because it makes you tougher. It makes you a a queen among women. And we need those. We we desperately our society needs women that are alphas. And we need men that are alphas. I can't stand how society is trying to demasculate men either, but that, that's not what we're talking about. But there's nothing wrong with you doing tomboy shit growing up. It doesn't make you less of a girl. It probably makes you more of a woman. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I, I just think it's something that needs to... I don't like... See, I'm not about... I don't care what you want to be. Uh, I believe Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior... He's the one doing the judging. He's the one at the end of the day has to have that conversation with each individual about what you did in your life or whatever. But I've got friends. I'm in a lesbian wedding coming up, and I couldn't be happier for these two. I love Miss Casey, and I love Miss Kim, and I am so blessed to have friends like them that have asked me, that care about me enough to be in their wedding. And I have met people that are completely different than me in every way in this world. But they have a heart of gold and would do anything for me. So I don't care what your sexual orientation is or anything along those lines. If you're good to me, then I'm good to you. I, I don't give a fuck. And I, the only thing that I have a problem with it is kids, like you were just saying, do not push this shit down kids' throats. I was so impressionable at that age. And you know, at... 10 years old, if, if the shit that's going on in the country was going on back then, and I thought I had access to becoming a dude, like, I'm scared to think of what I would have done to myself. Yeah. Well, that's it's terrifying. Well, this, that's what I was getting to while ago with that study and that book that just came out. The suicide rate among these kids that think that start off a boy or a girl, then somebody says, no you're trans, and then they get whatever done to them, and by the time they're an adult, they're 18 to 21, they're not who their body's telling them to be or what they're pushing towards. They're what right. society's telling them to be, and a lot of them are just killing themselves. And it's because they're, they right. don't feel like they can live the rest of their life the way that they're supposed to anymore. And no disrespect to anyone in the trans community at all. Like I said, I've got love for everybody, oh, yeah. what you do, and all that, but at the end of the day, now you're a dude with a vagina. Yes. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds all cool to be a dude, but then when you think about it, and I'm like, wait, 
okay, I'm a dude, right? I've got a beard now and my muscles are bigger and I'm hairier, but I have a vagina that like, I would way rather just stay a girl than be a dude with a vagina. And if that's cool for you, then that's cool for you. And you must have some sort of really strong mental something with yourself going on because I don't have that. And I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't live with like that. And I, I'm pretty sure that I would probably be suicidal if I was a dude with a vagina too. So. Yeah. Well, it, it gets you because you can't go against your body. You, you cannot go against what your body's telling you to do as you age. Uh, I know mentally for me, I did not know who I wanted to be in this world until I was about 28, 29 years old. I'm 33 now. It took forever for me to be comfortable with myself to figure out what I wanted to do in this life and who I wanted to be. Uh, if I would have gone mentally off of what I wanted to be since I was 18 years old or a child, I'd still be trying to play Major League Baseball like a dumbass. Like There's some things you're <laughs> not supposed to do, and it takes age to figure those things out. I don't care. Your fucking brain is not developed nope. until you are 25 years yep. old. I think some studies say 24, some say yep. 25, but at the end of the day, your fucking brain's not done so, until you're 25. Like It's just not done. So you're why done make a decision? So why make a decision that's going to last the rest of your life as a child? And exactly. what's the scariest part about all this is doctors are pushed into this now because of the culture we live in, that if a 13-year-old little girl comes into the doctor's office now, and they've been evaluated by a psycho, um, psychologist, and they're like, hey, look, she's supposed to be a boy. They have to do what they're told now because of all this. See, I do. I believe there's a little bit of legitimacy to it. Now, I think that what is happening is diluting it for the actual cases because we have things like hermaphrodites. People who are born with both parts. So if you can sh show me a human that's born with both parts, then you can also convince me that you can find the Y chromosome within a body that um, appears female. So I do think that there are rare cases of, you know, we have birth defects and just a lot of different situations that could contribute to something like that. So I do believe in the validity of, transgender so like yeah. i'm not trying to invalidate anyone i'm just oh, saying no. that there's so much fucking social shit pushing people to do this for you know just it seems just as a trend it's just, it's just too fucking trendy and it's diluting it for the actual cases you just sad. said you just said the fucking best word you could have said it is trendy now it is trendy and you have these parents that are so progressive that they're pushing it on. Oh, you have to pick or whatever if they think their child's a little bit different. I honestly, I, I'll be real with you. I don't mind the transgenders, not one little bit. I actually, if I pick on people or I roast people as I like to call it, it's because I like you. If I never mm -hmm. ever reference you in anything that I do, that's probably because I just don't like you. But I always call them my transformers. I love the transformers that follow me. It's a, it's a funny joke to me. I always call them Optimus Fine. I did not know until I got on TikTok about the transformation videos for people doing like the transgender stuff or whatever. I'm telling you, I get hooked on watching those because they just astound me. And it's like, holy shit, half the time. Uh, but right? but it's, it's just where I do not think 
a child should be put in that situation to pick because their parents or whoever is thinking that it's a trendy thing to do. Let a kid be a kid. If they want to make that decision in their 20s or whatever, then by all means do it. But don't push it on the fucking kids. Like, why the fuck are we so worried about children's no-no parts? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Yeah. Something has came along, and I wish I could define it because I'd make sure it fucking stopped. But uh, I don't know. There's been so much weird shit that has happened in the past 20 years. 10, well, maybe not 20, 10. 10 years that has just changed so much shit. Like, I am a supporter of if you're gay, lesbian, whatever. I don't care because it doesn't affect me. I got friends that are a bunch of this stuff. You live your life the way you want to. And if you're good to me, I'm going to fucking support you. I don't, you probably won't see me ha swinging a flag around anywhere. But at the same time, I'm not asking you to hold up a Raising Grace shirt and wear it in your pictures either, you know. Uh, but if yeah. but if you're good to me, then I support you. And I just, I don't understand why we have to categorize people. It seems like life was a whole lot easier before we had to have people come into my lives all the now all the time and they ask for pronouns. Like what's your pronoun or whatever? Why did that become a thing? Why why is fucking Yo, asking people their pronouns a thing, dude? I wanna real quick, there's a girl that I follow on TikTok. She's trans. She's very popular. Her name's Blair White and she said it the very best I've ever heard it. She goes Bitch, I paid ten thousand dollars for all of this. Do not ask me what my pronouns are. Like, she is just as girl as girl can be. Yeah. Like you look at this woman, that's a woman. Like that's a fucking woman. Yeah. But um, yeah, she. It, it was just the funniest thing I'd heard. I loved it. She's like, bitch, I spent ten thousand dollars on this. Why are you asking me what my pronouns are? But honestly, I think I, I always try to say, you know, I play devil's advocate and I say open minded. Um, it is out of respect. It's their version of what they think is being respectful, and it's you got to understand that this is a totally different generation. They're they're being groomed a different way. Their their brains are being formed differently than ours yeah. were. You know, this ain't the '90s anymore, and they they think that that's their way of being respectful. Like, hey, what are your pronouns? Because there are so many people going around saying that they don't want to be a boy or a girl. They want to be a fucking tractor or whatever the fuck you know they're non-binary they're they them so i just well, that, what? that is something that is really difficult for me to get behind is the they them not wanting to be a boy or a girl like how the fuck are we supposed to find you if you go missing see this oh god you're, yes so <laughs> i this is what i think uh i don't i don't know your sexual orientation so i'm not going to assume anything but if you walk up to me i'm going to say ma'am i'm going to say miss and that's how I was raised. If you look like yeah. a woman, I'm going to refer to you as a woman until you tell me differently. Like, yeah. if you, if I hope I look like a man to most people because I want to be a fucking man. Right. And, until, you're presenting yourself yes. as a man. How, how you put... If you're presenting... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're, you're right on the track. You, you say it probably better than I will. If you're presenting yourself as a woman, then why the fuck would you get offended if i call you ma'am like what the fuck i'm trying to be polite don't raise your eyebrow at me and be like don't assume my gender bitch you got titties what yes you expect? 
I am a simple son of a bitch. If I see titties, you're a ma'am. You're a darling. That's it. Yeah, I. That's that's it. You're a sweetheart. Yeah. Baby uh, girl. You know what I'm saying? Craziest shit happened to me. There, uh, in, in the town where my studio is, there's a, there's a Wendy's. I went about two months ago. Just got done recording a show. It's the middle of the night. And uh, go to Wendy's, go get some food. I am so respectful to women that sometimes it comes off as flirting. But it's just me being nice. There was Southern. Yes, it's, uh, it's Southern hospitality or Southern manners, however you want to put it. There was what looked to be a woman handing me my food at the window. And I said, thank you, darling, as she handed me my thing back. And whatever she was or he was got fucking pissed. I'm talking about mad. And I might have had a couple of drinks in my system because I had been recording the show. And I, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, look. I said, I don't know what you are. I said, but you look like a woman to me. I meant no fucking disrespect. I said, you can't expect me when you are doing whatever you're doing or anybody else that comes to this window to know what you want to be called. If you are that way and it pisses you off so bad that you throw my debit card and damn near throw my root beer, let me, let me give you a suggestion. Wear a fucking sign around your neck before someone opens their mouth. Because you have no idea how that person sees you. I see you as a woman. Because you look like a woman. Now, that's a compliment to you. That's me saying darling to you is a Intended fucking compliment. Ads. And they're like, no, that's not what I'm going for. Well, you're doing a shitty job of what you're going for then at 12 o'clock at night at Wendy's. So, fuck you. And if you, uh, <laughs> it, it, I just, I don't like it. I'm fine with you being however you want to be. But don't expect the person across from you to know what you want to be. Right, exactly. Just, they, they're literally looking for a reason to be upset. I feel like it's just, I feel like life is essentially booby trapped at this point. And you don't know from one moment to the next how you're going to offend somebody by trying to be nothing but fucking polite. They want to be offended. And, you know, I don't... Uh, I really wish that I could just stay as far away from those people as humanly possible, but they're fucking everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, you're not getting away from them. And uh, and the more or the older we get, there's going to be more of them. There, I, and I'm not talking about the, the transgenders. I'm talking about people who are easily offended and don't know how yeah. to go about shit the right way. The, the fact that the whole generation below us, you're, you're an 80s baby? Yeah. Okay, me too. 83. Okay, there we go. So, us being 80s babies, we grew up being offended by fucking nothing. You know? Nothing at all. Nothing. I, I, I watched uh, somebody, there's a comedian, I can't remember who it was, and I had never, ever thought about it like this before. And I, I don't mean to offend anybody when I say this. Well, us growing up, how often we say that's gay? And not mean it... All and, the time, yeah. I all say the, it now. All the fucking time. Do I mean it towards... The, the alphabet community whatsoever? Not a fucking bit. No. 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 It's just gay. Like, it's gay. Gay. Yeah. And like, I say it all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean no offense when I say that. I say that to people that I know 
cl clearly are heterosexuals. I'm like, dude, you can quit being gay. I mean, that's stupid. But yeah. I don't mean it in that way. And if the way we would talk when we were kids was around now in high schools or middle schools, oh, every kid's fucking suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you hear what they're doing in the military now? Like, as far as these little assholes getting a fucking feeling, sir, I fucking hate America kids these uh, days. They're just fucking softer than baby shit. Um, I guess they're reprimanding and not allowing soldiers to wear their fucking combat ribbons and combat badges because it will make other soldiers feel inferior. And it will hurt their feelings because they don't have the same patches and badges, ribbons, and so on and so forth. That is real fucking life. It is really fucking happening to our military, to the United States fucking military. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Why don't we just start issuing spatulas and dildos to everybody? Fucking M16. Let's go get them. Let's just beat the shit out of everybody with double-sided dildos. Let's just fucking yeah. go to town. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. once again, that's the administration that we live under, though. Trump made us a superpower again, and Biden mm -hmm. overnight is going to make us a laughing stock. We're 100 days in on Biden almost, and we're weak already. I mean, it's I don't understand. when When you live where we live, just the way that we view our country, the way that everybody else views their country, you want to think that if this was a household, that mommy and daddy, or however you want to view your household, are some badass motherfuckers above you. And if somebody breaks into your house, that whoever is your head of household is going to put that son of a bitch down. Well, yeah, we're not that country under this administration. We wasn't that mm -hmm. country under under by, uh, under Obama. And uh, I. I Trump was the first person that came along, and I was not a fan of Trump when he first started. I wanted Ben Carson to be our president. Um, I didn't want Trump to get the nod because I didn't think he was what we needed until he got in there, and then I was figured out he was exactly what the fuck we needed. And uh, we're soft. This whole country is going to be softer than a wet cupcake by its all time it's said and done. And you ain't kidding. And if our military's doing that, then just think of like the next steps. Like the next steps are gonna be horrible, dude. Like it's it's, uh, uh, that makes me mad. I'm glad we got badasses like you though, and uh, Barbie and everybody else promoting good stuff for our women. Ooh, you there? Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I had a phone call coming in. Had to decline it. Oh my bad, my bad. Well, uh, we we don't have just a few more minutes anyway, and I'm gonna let you get out of here. You done gave me a lot of your time this morning. But uh, um, I'll end it with this. I, I just want to thank you uh, for coming to the show. But more than anything, you're setting a great example for, uh, for women, uh, especially kids. Uh, I just, like I said, I, between you and Barbie, Bree, and some more women I've had on here, I look at what I want my daughter to be. I look at what I want Gracie to be. And uh, I want her to be a badass. And I hope that she's following y'all and not some of these girls who just shake their ass for a dollar bill on social media. So uh, if you got anything you want to drop before we get off of here, you, you go right ahead and, uh, and then I, I'm going to let you go so you can get back to your day. Um, 
I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I think the only thing that we haven't really covered is uh, one of my biggest heroes is uh, is Martin Luther King. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with people of color and minorities and uh, systemic oppression and all this other crap that people are spewing. But I'll end it with this. Martin Luther King was one of my heroes. I admire him more than, uh, you know, most of most of the Nobel Prize winners out there. You know what I'm saying? And he um, he was creating he was creating a culture and he was sending a message that I feel like the community that he was reaching out to, I think that they missed it. And I think that, you know, as far as this whole systemic oppression thing goes, I don't think that we would be facing any of that if the message that he was sending would have been taken to heart by the people he was sending it to, because he was a very, very educated, very well-spoken, very eloquent, very respected man. And, um, and if that was uh, more of the behavior that we saw from that community, I don't think that we would be in the place where we're at right now with so-called racism. Well, Martin Luther King would be fucking pissed at almost everyone right now because his message was completely, completely missed. Uh, it wasn't missed by the people back during the civil rights or civil rights years. They got it, but now. It is literally where people have forgot some of the things he said and where he preached equality. All of us loving each other, all of us being treated equal and everything like that. Now you have people that want to say, hey, there used to be white supremacy, so let's have other races be supreme now. And that's not that wasn't his message. It was we're all created equal uh, and we're all supposed to be treated exactly the same. No one's better than anybody else. But so many people have just missed that message. Yeah, so I, I wanted to, I really wanted to touch on that. That was something I thought about before, um, before we started today was, you know, Martin Luther King was an excellent example of, of how to come out of that type of oppression, you know. If you act like an asshole, you're going to be treated like an asshole, regardless of your color of skin, regardless of your sexual preference, regardless of how you wear your hair or how many tattoos you have. Just don't act like an asshole. You know, I do look like an asshole. I'm covered in tattoos. I've got these dreadlocks. I'm clearly a lesbian. Um, and You yeah, don't say. To, I would have know, never guessed. I've been known to deep throw a bottle of whiskey and do backflips off of picnic tables. So when I'm acting like that, I don't really expect respect. But, you know, I can also walk into a board meeting with people in three-piece suits and I can conduct myself respectfully and eloquently. And if you, if you act that way, then that's how you'll be treated. If you act like an asshole, you'll be treated like an asshole. And it doesn't matter what color you are or who you want to date. You just hit a home run. You hit a home run. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lawless. I look forward to getting to know you better and everything. Uh, you're a badass. I, I very much appreciate a lot of the things you said on the show, and uh, you're not one of the fake ones on social media. You got my, you got my. Well, tip I really hat. do appreciate you having me, Josh. Anytime. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for tuning into Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. I will catch y'all next time.